And I just thought about that too. I just never wanted to be in a position where someone else was in control of my funds or my future. Right. And that was another reason why I wanted to start it on, start on my own. This is Kareem Fleming, and you're in the cellar. So let me tell you guys what this podcast is really about. My name is Kareem Fleming, and I'm a local real estate broker in the DMV and entrepreneur to the core. I want to hear the stories of other local business people, their highs, their lows, their obstacles, their disappointments, and finally, breakthrough. So, what's your go-to restaurant in your hometown and why? This is the mm. most important rest- yes. uh, question of the show. You know, I was <laughs> debating between two places, okay. and they kind of have similar, just one is upgraded and the other is not. Uh-huh. But I would say back in the day, it would be Long John Silver's. Okay. okay. Yes. Long that time. was a treat because, you know, you had the hush puppies and the shrimp and fries. But if I wanted to... You know, kind of upgraded a little mm-hmm. Red Lobster. <laughs> you know that what? way I get the coleslaw on the side. I have never been to Long Are there any Long John Silvers left? One in okay. Woodbridge, yes. That really? The only yes. one in the U.S.? The, well, that's the only one I know in the area. Okay, okay. I have never been to Long John Silvers. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, it's good. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways, welcome to the podcast. Today I am super excited to have Annetta Benjamin, M.A. LPC NCC. Uh, Netta is a longtime friend of mine as well as longtime client. Mm-hmm. So we met about seven years ago. Yes. When you decided to start your own company. Yes. And fast forward to now, uh, things are going super well. Yes. And I can tell you're looking good. Thank very you. Very happy, very <laughs> excited. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive right into it. Mm-hmm. So we just talked about Long John Silvers. Uh, where are you from? Are you from this area? Yes. So I was born and raised Fort Belvoir, Virginia. Okay. Kind of grew up in the Alexandria area. And then just moved down the street to Lorton. And now I still reside in the area in Woodbridge. Okay. So this is my life. And I actually went to college out here, too, in Arlington, Virginia. Okay. So VA girl all the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I know you went to Marymount. Yes. And you were a star basketball player there. <laughs> what was what was that like? Talk to us about, a little bit about that. Um, I loved the entire experience. You know, even though I did say I'm from Virginia, I actually did two years out in Pittsburgh. Okay. And then I transferred to Marymount and then joined the basketball team. And that same year I transferred... I won't throw that year out there just okay. yet, but <laughs> that same year I transferred, um, we went to the Final Four. Okay. So it was amazing ride experience, and you know they kind of treat you like superstars. And then the years after that, we went to the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 during my senior year. So okay, okay. I really loved it. No, after the show, if you decide to tell me that year, your yes. secret, your secret secret. There, just I will, you. I will. <laughs> cool. cool. So uh, so I kind of got into the picture after you had already decided what you were going to do. And I yes. know at the time, if I remember correctly, you had to work with another business or another two businesses that were similar. That's so right. So walk us through... 
why you decided to start your own business, or even before that, we start to take a step further, why this business? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, kind of going back to Marymount, um, I finished my undergrad degree there, and then I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I actually wanted to just play basketball. So I took a semester off, and my mom was like, okay, go ahead, pursue your hoop dreams. I did a couple camps out in Florida and Texas, but nothing really panned out. And so I went back and I started grad school there. And the president at the time said he would provide a full ride, so... I just had to work as a graduate graduate assistant, okay. and they took care of everything. Nice. And so I went back, and um, but before I did that, I, I wanted to do counseling because I always was interested in helping people, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know how to help people without, you know, sometimes saying pray or just trust God. Mm-hmm. And so um, my adjunct teacher told me about the pastoral counseling program. And so not only did I get to just do the counseling, but I could provide the spiritual aspect too. Mm-hmm. So that really interests me. So I started my degree and um, graduated. And after that, uh, I recognized I kind of wanted to do my own thing. So um, uh, they told me that you had to get your licensure, which is actually like another degree after your master's. Had they told me that up front, I probably would have been like, no, thank you. (laughs) No more school, no more hours. Right. You're already in it. You're already invested. Yes. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I already took that step. And that's kind of the part where the LPC comes into play. So when you want to get licensed, you have to do an extra 4,000 hours after your master's degree. Okay. And so you have to be supervised by someone who's already licensed, and then you have to get the field work. Okay. And so I was in the field doing home-based counseling, but I recognized that, you know, you were kind of like forced on your clients mm. because you had to be in their home, but they necessarily didn't want the services. Okay. That must be a little tough. Yes. Yeah. And so then I recognized I, if I got my licensure, I could do outpatient counseling. Okay. And that's where people come in because they want the help. So I don't have to chase them down. Which is probably a better approach. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, they can come to you versus mm-hmm. you forcing yourself on them. And um, so I ended up getting licensed. And the same company that I worked with from Hobase also had the outpatient side. So I just transitioned over there okay. and picked up clients. And then um, I also did um, worked out in Reston, too, mm-hmm. at a second practice to just kind of make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And um, it was there where I met my mentor who actually helped me start my practice. Mm. She originally wanted me to open up a practice for her out in Woodbridge. I remember that, yeah, Yeah. because when you were looking for the office you had mentioned... It was either going to be, I don't even know if you started off originally thinking it was going to be your own thing. No. I think you said you were going to like work with her and mm-hmm. it was going to be like a second location. Yes. So what happened, when did, when did you decide you just want to start completely? Yeah, when I recognized I could keep 100%. That is, that is, uh, <laughs> that is a know, serious consideration. <laughs> yes, because you know, I was working at another agency mm-hmm. and I was probably keeping maybe 45% of whatever came in. Okay. And I just thought... You know, I was kind of doing everything already. Mm-hmm. I would set up my own clients, you know, take co-pays and set the schedule. So I thought, you know, I could do it myself. And I sat down with um, the lady that owned the practice in Reston. Her name is Kathy Burnoff. Okay. Um, Shout out to Kathy. Yes. <laughs> She's amazing. Okay. And um, she was like, okay, you know, would you like to start, you know, a second location or do your own thing? I said, you know, I really would want to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And she was 100% supportive and said, you know what, I figured so. 
You know, that's that's awesome. I'm glad that I hear you say that because a lot of folks would have gotten bitter yes. and cut you off and that would have been the end of that. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's good to hear that their her motivation wasn't her. It was putting you in the best position possible. Exactly. Yeah. And it helped because, you know, it was a faith-based um, practice. So mm. it was Hope Counseling Center. So hopefully she had, you know, a good spirit <laughs> right. about it. Right. We, we would hope so. <laughs> we would hope so, definitely. And so... Um, I was also being mentored by another business that kind of helped me just have a business mindset. Okay. But he always told me to, you know, write down your questions and then seek someone who's already in a place where you want to be. Right. And she was in that place. So I wrote down all the questions that I had about starting a practice. We met up for lunch and she answered every single one of them. Yeah. Wow. And that really just helped me <clears throat> get my practice started. Mm -hmm. And then next, you know, I was looking for offices right. and then I really had a client load already because the other office I was working at, um, most of my clients wanted to just transfer with wow. me. Okay. So that, I started. And that's a huge jump start benefit. to like starting from scratch yes. and trying to figure out how to run ads. So you really, so you already had somewhat of a client list to start with. That's exactly okay. right. Okay. So I had a good base, but I still really didn't know how to get the money in. Right. So I'm like, oh, I got the place, I got the people. But it was the whole billing part that kind of threw me off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you touched on something that um, that I wish I had done earlier when I started my uh, property management business is get a mentor. Yes. Um, I think one of the th well not think one of the things that deterred me was everyone that I would come across would want like fifteen and twenty yes. and twenty five thousand dollars to mentor, mm. and eventually I just said, you know what, there's the internet, I'm gonna figure it out. But in hindsight. I would, if I could do it all over again, I probably would have scraped the money together. I didn't have any money at the time anyways, right, right. but I probably would have done whatever was necessary to pay a mentor Yes. because I probably would have shaved maybe two, three years off learning stuff by accident. Yes. And, and um, real estate mistakes are really expensive mistakes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you have to be very careful, especially in the property management, general real estate um, area. Because you can end up in litigation and going to court really easily. That's true. So, yeah. So, if I had to do it all over again, uh, a solid mentor. Right, um, right. I, I would definitely get one of those. And, and that's a great tip for anyone that's thinking about any kind of business. Yes. Um, to get a mentor. Mm -hmm, because yeah. you always want to follow someone who's kind of been through the minefield already. Right. Versus hitting all the bombs yourself. And yeah. like you said, it's expensive. Yeah. And it costs a lot of time, too. It does. And I'm a big big believer in not reinventing the wheel if you don't have yes. to. If somebody's doing something that you're interested in, they're doing it well, then just kind of take the cues from them. Yes. Um, you're going to have your own unique approach and your own value, so mm -hmm. to speak, that you're going to bring, but, you know, why invent the wheel? Exactly. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the podcast is mainly about um, businesses, how they got started, the challenges, the obstacles, so talk to us a little bit about some of the personal hurdles that you faced yes. uh, when starting, on the way up, and even right now, like yeah. what are some of the challenges? Yeah. yeah, well, kind of that transition to starting my own practice, you know, leaving one practice was a little bit of an issue too. Okay. So, you know, I put in my two weeks resignation mm -hmm. and then, you know, people started talking and saying, mm -hmm. well, you know, oh, Annette is about to start her practice. And I had some people that wanted to leave, leave with me, but... I'm like, I'm trying to do this on my own, right. you know, I'm not even <laughs> sure how to get this started. So there was some controversy and the owner of the company really wasn't feeling that. So he kind of asked me to just transition earlier. Okay. So I was kind of, I was mm. like, but I already put in my two weeks, but right. I was like, we'll make it one week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm. and I just thought about that too. I just never wanted to be in a position where someone else was in control of 
my funds or my future. Right. And that was another reason why I wanted to start it on start on my own. Okay. But um, you know, I decided to just still go out on my own. I didn't take anyone with me because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with them anyway. Okay. Okay. But then I transferred my clients over, and it was a little bit difficult because we take insurance, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like going to your doctor so you'll pay a copay and then bill to insurance. But so I was taking clients in their copays, but I didn't know how the billing part worked. Right. So I had to send it to the insurance company, mm-hmm. and I would send it, but there was nothing coming back. Okay. So I want to say the first at least three to four months, right. I did not get reimbursed. Wow. But, you know, you still have all those expenses, and it was kind of challenging. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, is this something I should continue doing? Because, right. you know, money's going out, yeah. and nothing's then, coming then in. second-guessing the whole... <laughs> yes, yes. But that's one another reason for the mentorship. You know, if you have someone to tell you, you know, do A, B, and C, then you don't have to struggle as much. Okay. But I went back to my mentor that got helped me get started, and she said, you know, there's a billing program, and I finally was able to get a billing software that actually helped me do it. And once I got that software, they were able to, like, retroactive all the payments. Mm -hmm. So money came in, like, all the money came in (laughs) on the the fourth month. Did you uh, go out and celebrate when that check hit your account? (laughs) No, I was just like, you know, I'm grateful that it's coming in, you know. So it helped me to kind of get back on my feet and feel more confident because, you're always taking a risk when you're starting business, and yes. sometimes you got to take that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And you may not have all the cards that you need, but you're hoping it'll fill itself out right. along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, that was one of the biggest challenges finding the billing system, okay. and then even now, still dealing with billing. That mm-hmm. is the issue. So, like, I got the money coming in, but then recording it and making sure that all the money that you claimed is actually being paid. So. Okay. It took till now, like, um, I've been in business, next year will be 10 years in oh. private practice, wow. but it's just till now that I actually have a, a competent billing specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and so, so that's that person's sole job? Yes, okay. yes. And are they in the office, or are nope. they virtual? It, virtual. Okay. So she actually lives out in California, nice. but she has access to the software, mm-hmm. and she can call the insurance and the login information, so... And she's up to speed, but I must have went through maybe four or five, and then just ended up doing doing it by myself, right. but having that help now, I swear it saves like 10 to 15 hours a week nice. that I don't have to, you know, go back and do the billing and check the numbers and right. things like that. And that's time you can either spend with your family, do something you like, or reinvest the time in the business, business. and take on clients and so forth. Exactly. Okay. So so going back to the beginning, right? So when you, so you got the office, the mentor's kind of walking you through stuff, mm-hmm. you have patience. Um, you're billing their insurance. So all the, are all the, at this time, are all the patients using insurance? Most of them. I okay. do have some, like, um, they call it out-of-pocket, like cash for service, but okay. it was only a few. So okay. that was great, but mm-hmm. then majority still comes from the insurance. From insurance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so at this time, so when you first got the office um, and you start, how did you get new clients? Like, how did you grow the business Okay. Um, when you first got the office and then you had this set of clients uh, but you wanted more, so how did what did you what what advertising vehicle did you use, if any, mm-hmm. um, to kind of to start growing? You know, and that's interesting because along the way, you know, I felt like, you know, God just put in the right people, you know, including you. But <laughs> when I rented the office, the guy that I was renting for was actually like an internet marketing guy, yeah. and so he actually helped me create my business logo, mm-hmm. uh, my business cards, my brochures, and even built my website, because okay. he's like, you know, what are you doing? He's like, you have 
no way for people to find you. And I was like, oh, people need to find me. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Kind of important. Yes. So, you know, I was paying him rent, but then I also got all of my business stuff kind of done through him as well. Okay. But it's neat because when you work with the insurance, they send you referrals. And so, like, you're on a list and based on your area, whoever is calling for a... Um, a counselor, they'll pull the people in that area and then have them contact you directly. Okay. So I never really had to put out ads for like, oh, I'm a counselor and mm-hmm. I need clients, but I would get referrals from the insurance company. Okay. And then it's kind of multi, multi-level because, you know, once you get one client, then they want to refer their family and it's like, they want, you know, Johnny, who's seven, to, to come right. in, yeah. and then you recognize Johnny's parents need counseling, mm-hmm. and then they're like, well, my sister needs counseling. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's, so it's like, like the ultimate referral business. Yes, <laughs> yes. And even to this day, I still don't market. Mm-hmm. We just get a lot of referrals. So I'm in network with several different insurance companies, and yeah. then they find us. But then, like, you talked about, like, expansion, because when we met, I was looking to expand to a larger office, and... I went from a one office suite to four office and I added some other therapists. Okay. And so then, you know, we're looking for therapists who are licensed, mm-hmm. who can also take insurance, but then we work with people who are on their way to being licensed too. And we call those residents. Okay. So not only do I do the therapy and kind of, um, you know, the supervisor, mm-hmm. but I'm a clinical supervisor too for those who are trying to get licensed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So about how much about what percentage of your business would you say is referral versus advertising? Um, are you not even doing advertising at this point? I really don't do advertising besides like some social media, but that's okay. mostly posting like groups or um, different counselors that we're looking for. Okay. But I would say maybe 90% is through the insurance wow. as far as the clientele base. And then if we're doing something like support groups or an info session, then that's more word of mouth and mm-hmm. kind of getting out on social media. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another really key um, key thing when it comes to business and growth is scaling, right? Yeah. So folks may already have businesses and they think they, might hire, they, need, they need to hire someone, but they're not too sure. When did you know it was time to expand and start hiring folks? Yes, when I could no longer take the, the uh, new clients. Okay. So it was coming to a point where I was getting having a waiting list and people were asking to come in and I recognized I couldn't service everyone. Right. So then I was like, okay, it's time to expand because there's a need for more therapists and you know for people to get help. Mm-hmm. So once I noticed that, I was starting to add on other people and, oh. and now we have about, I want to say, eight other therapists nice. working with wow. us. Okay, mm-hmm. so from, from just you to eight. Yes, and yes. Seven. Well, see, so you've had the office about seven years. Yes. Yes. Okay. So about mm-hmm. a person a year. That's yep. like, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, um, so are you still actually counseling yourself, or pretty much you kind of supervise at this point? I do a bit of both, but I'm still mostly doing the counseling, mm-hmm. and that's my goal to kind of transition to more of like a supervisor role okay. and get out in the community more. So I would love to in the next two years just you know pull away from the direct client okay. contact and get out more in the community and. You mean more, more like pro bono counseling? Um, that or too. More, okay. my, my ultimate goal is to retire from my practice and come back and volunteer. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That would be awesome. And then, um, you know, just go out there and educate people because I know there's, you know, sometimes still a stigma about counseling and, you know, it's for people who, you know, are crazy or... Especially in mm-hmm. the... Uh, 
African American minority community, yes. there's definitely a stigma as, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to see a counselor. I'm not crazy. Right. I don't, I don't right. need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I'd like to throw out there that very few people know is um, a lot of high level execs are required to take counseling. Yes. So, um, and I had up until about three years ago, um, I guess I kind of fell into the stigma of, well, you only go to a counselor if you have problems kind right. of thing. And uh, so I was talking to a friend of a friend of mine's, and his um, his close friend is a, um, a CEO of a private equity company. Okay. And um, him, as well as many of the people below him, were required to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then as I dug into it a little bit more, uh, come to find out, almost every CEO that you know probably has a therapist or a counselor that they talk to. Yes. But because of the stigma, no one really says it or talks about it until mm-hmm. you say yeah, I go to this lady that I talked to, and they go, oh, yeah, me too. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, that's, it's super interesting. I had no is. idea that, you know, that was a thing, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, and we get a variety of people. You know, we have lawyers, we have doctors that come in, and so anyone who's, like, looking to build, you know, their mindset and mm-hmm. growth because, you know, we have some people that are there for mental health but then also just, you know, life skills right. as well. So, right. you know, we talk about it all in relationships, yeah. and that's huge when you're, you know, a CEO or the owner of a company because you're constantly building relationships with people and you want to know yourself to be able to connect with others. Mm -hmm. And I feel like generally people are just like lonely. There are a lot of Mm -hmm. lonely people out there and I would hope they're not coming to your office to vent Mm -hmm. (laughs) or rant, but just having someone that they could, a neutral unbiased party that they can talk to kind of bounce things off off of helps to uh, create a more healthy mental Mm -hmm. space. Definitely. Um, which, and it kind of makes sense, right? From a CEO standpoint, the more uh, the more not stressed out a person is, the clearer they think, the yes. more profitable they're going to be for your company. Yep. And productive. That's <laughs> yeah, right. And productive. That's right. So it makes sense. It makes a whole lot of mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, most people don't know, like, especially if they work for the government or other agencies that it's already built into their um, insurance plan. And they call it EAP, Employee Assistance Program, and you probably have a good six to seven sessions with the counselor that your company will pay for. Mm, And they even take care of your family members too. So So kids fall under the umbrella? Mm -hmm. So if like your child has an issue or maybe, you know, there was a death in the family, so anyone in the family can take advantage of those services. So it's not just for, oh, you know, I'm having you know, depression or anxiety, but, you know, I'm going through a life, you know, change and stressor and need some help with that. Oh, I just want to talk to somebody. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about, um, now that you're, now we're, now that we're on the family dynamic about how much, what percentage of your clients do you think are, are kids versus mm-hmm. adults? Cause I know you do a lot of pediatrics yes. mm-hmm. um, as well. Yeah. And that early on when I first started off, it was mostly kids where I was doing social skills groups and you know, a lot of behavioral modification training and working with kids with ADHD and like anxiety. But um, as I've transitioned, it's kind of gone to more adults and working with couples and families. So I would say now it's probably maybe 35% kids. And I want to say maybe 40, 45% adults and then couples, you know, the remaining percent. And you do group sessions as well, if I I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you had to rewind the clock, what is the one thing you would have done differently? If hmm. there is a one thing you would have done differently. Because it sounds like you already had the mentor, which yes. is where most people skip yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably would have kept the mentor consistently. Okay. Because I got the mentorship 
up front, but then, you know, you get on your own and then right. you start thinking you know everything mm -hmm. and then business is going. So there was a period of maybe four or five years where I was just kind of doing it on my own okay. and that actually led, led to burnout. Mm. So I want to say a good two years ago, I was considering just selling the practice okay. and I'm Been like, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go work for someone else because the billing got, you know, mm -hmm. overwhelming and then clients and then turnover with therapists. So you just feel like it's a lot on you. Mm -hmm. And then I reached back out to my original mentor yeah. and she had retired from her practice. She had other businesses that she was doing and she's like, well, I coach now. So if you want to, you know, sign up with coaching with me, we can do that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the beginning of 2018, I got signed up with her and like the business has turned around where, nice. you know, I feel more in control. Like I said, I was able to get the billing specialist and she was actually the one that helped me publish and create my first book. Okay. So oh, while yeah. we are on that topic, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, Aneta is now a, an author. Yeah. And uh, talk to us a little bit about Five Helpers, Five Hurts. When did you start the book? Mm -hmm. um, what made you start the book, I guess, is the first question. Yes. Yeah. I actually found myself, well, was, I've, I've always wanted to write a book, you know, since I was young. You know how you make a list of goals in your life and it's like, oh, write a book, you know. Go to the WNBA. <laughs> but um, so the writing a book was on my list. And when I first started coaching with Kathy, she said, you know, well, what are some things you want to accomplish? I said, I would love to write a book. She was like, OK, well, let's, you know, get to work and, you know, figure out how we can make that work. But I recognized, like, through my counseling, I was consistently telling my clients the same things over and over. I'm like, you have to find the things that help you and know the things that hurt you. And if you can kind of you know, strategize it and make sure that you're intentional with using the things that help you and aware of the things that hurt you. And that's kind of how life just operates. We're either doing things that help us all the time mm -hmm. or things that are setting us back. Okay. Okay. So the whole goal of the five helpers and hurts is to be conscious of the things that will improve your life, right. but intentional about it too. Okay. So how do folks get, um, where can they find, find helpers, find hurts? Yes. Five hurts. It's actually available on Amazon. Okay. So you just have to type in five helpers, five hurts, and okay. you can get it directly on Amazon. And we also sell it directly at the office too. Okay. In uh, Tackett's Mill. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as far as the book goes, um, how long did it take you to put the book together? Um, I would say I had started it over a year ago, just had the concepts down. Mm -hmm. And then um, my um, coach as well, Kathy, had me doing a couple seminars and training, but it wasn't actually like put together in a book format. Okay. And then um, she recommended that I, you know, present it at um, a local um, counseling um, agency. Okay. And so we set up for that like a year in advance. And mm -hmm. so that kind of just gave me a deadline like, oh, I got to get it done by March 2019, yeah. which is here. So that was that like the framework for the book? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so um, I was going to be presenting, you know, this year. And then she was like, okay, well, we got to get it started. And next, you know, it hit December and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's coming up. <laughs> I've got to get busy. Mm -hmm. So that kind of helped me. And then I got in touch with another lady um, who actually is like a published author too, okay. went to her seminar, which helped me to just learn how to market the books and mm -hmm. publish it, what, what websites to go to okay. to actually create it. So I was just going to ask you about the publishing because a lot of folks get caught up on this whole publishing thing. And yes. a lot of folks will go, oh, I want to write a book, but I'm not sure about the publishing. Well, write mm -hmm. the book first. There you go. Yes. <laughs> and yes. now publishing is a lot easier than it was yes. like 10 years ago. So which route did you go as far as publishing? Yeah. How do you figure that out? It's kind of the same thing. I've learned to find someone who's doing what I want to do and follow their footsteps. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually met a lady, uh, Kimberly McLemore, and 
my Zumba class. Okay, all right. <laughs> Zumba for the win yes, again. Yes, <laughs> for the win. And so she told me she was a published author and she actually did like workshops. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to attend. So I went and I attend and they gave you a whole manual of how to like write a book. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. said, get your thoughts out, you know, write things down and do a little bit every day. And um, told me the websites I could go to actually publish and how to make a cover, who to find to kind of do the art. So yeah. it's like once I got to that workshop, it led me to everything I needed to do. Yeah. And then it was kind of putting the information in. And okay. Well, the book, going. it looks great. Thank and you. I look forward to reading my copy. Yay. Sorry it's taking so long to get a copy, but <laughs> That's I will, okay. I'll have plenty of copies today. <laughs> Wonderful, yes. <laughs> um, so going back a little bit to the beginning, mm -hmm. how did your family and friends receive the news that you're going to go out on your own? Because that's a big thing for people yes. as well. A lot of folks, I want to say 85% of folks don't end up starting businesses out of fear yes. of failure and then have to explain it or have your friends and family see it. So yes. how did that go for you? How did you get past not worrying about what they think mm -hmm. and... Um, you know, whatever they had to say when you did say you were yes. going to start a business. So how'd that go? Yeah, and it's it's doing something completely unconventional because everyone else is kind of like, you know, go to school, get a good job, work right. forever. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not into this whole boss thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was actually working at a company and then I started my practice on the side. Mm -hmm. So I was still employed and then I was able to kind of build that way. But I remember friends, mostly just family that were kind of like, what are you doing? Like, why are you going to give up, you know, your steady paycheck to do something that's unstable? And especially when I went through that first three months of not getting any money in, right. you know, my did you, father. Did you have to keep that a secret? <laughs> he, well, I was, you know, I was hurting. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, when we when we take payments, we get like co-pays, but maybe that was like zero to $30, okay. which wasn't not enough to, yeah, yeah, to eat off of. And so I remember my father kind of being like, you know, it's been a couple of months and, you know, it was out of the goodness of his heart. He was just trying to help me out, you know, don't suffer longer than you have to. But, you know, I just had belief. And then I just stayed with people who were going to encourage me. Okay. So I think, you know, making sure you have a supportive social network that, mm -hmm you know, who are going to encourage you, even if the results are not there. Right. So that was challenging because I remember maybe month three where I'm like, mm. maybe this is not working the way I really planned. Right. But then it's like you just keep going and I struck gold after Pers that. Persistence. <laughs> persistence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what, um, even though, so you have the business, everything's going really well. Mm -hmm. What piques your curiosity like right now? Like what's happening now that has you like, that you're curious about, it may be in that industry, it may be out of the industry, what's exciting you these days? Mm. Well, I like the idea of retirement. Okay, but okay. I like that. Yes, <laughs> but um, actually, you know, retiring to like move into motivational speaking okay. or writing more books and just educating people. Because I feel like, you know, I want to get out and kind of reach more people at once versus per hour like mm. I do in the office. So I'm really excited about, you know, getting out and sharing the word and then having people have the tools kind of like with a book where, hey, you can read the book and, you know, get, I can reach more people at that time versus kind of one-on-one -on -one per hour. Okay. So I do want to get in communities and, you know, schools and agencies and kind of share and speak. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Teach. So what would be one thing um, that you failed at? Mm. Uh, going to the WNBA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Easy enough answer. But, but, you know, don't count me out because okay. I still got a good 
quick first steps. You know, I, I see I see you on Facebook, on Zumba, and I, I don't doubt it for a minute. I there wouldn't be surprised. Go. Yes, yes. <laughs> so as far as business goes, what would you say is or has been a characteristic that you have that has uh, led you to where you are now? What would you say the one characteristic is? Um, I really think it's the love I give to my clients because okay. I feel like, you know, you may not have all the information or all the tools that they need, but if they feel like they can trust you, that you care about them and that you're sincere, they'll stick with you. Okay. And sometimes that's all they need to kind of believe in you. Right. So I just try to always make sure, you know, I counsel with love that they know I care about them and right. I'm willing to help them. That's super important because uh, another stigma uh, that the that industry gets is well they only want me to they want me to keep coming back and coming yes. back and coming back so if you have a you know if you're genuinely doing it people can sense um, when someone's genuine exactly and if you're only chasing dollars and trying to get them to come in every week then mm -hmm. people can sense that and I, I assume those businesses just don't last very long yes yes and, yeah. and that's why I take the insurance because I feel like we can reach a wide amount of people in you know, if your insurance copay is $10, you know, I'm not trying to steal money from you. Right. You know, it's not going to hurt your pocket or sometimes it's zero dollars. So, mm -hmm. but you know, if we were doing cash for service, it would be a lot more out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And then people will kind of feel like, well, what am I getting out of this right. if I'm, you know, paying, you know, hundreds of dollars a session? Not that you can put a price on mental health. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So it's definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. But I find that, you know, when they're able to kind of use their insurance, you know, they feel like, okay, I'm getting the better end of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're not paying, you're not paying a whole lot anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what is the next step? Do you think you're going to I know for sure you're going to keep the company, right? Yes. So do you think you'll expand to maybe office number two, number three? Do you think you'll keep it at office number one and maybe go into the motivational speaking yes. aspect of it? So what's next? What are you thinking yeah. as of right now? And I know that can change. Yes. Yeah. Um, my goal is to, you know, bring in some more licensed people. Okay. So if anyone's out there whose license has a licensed professional counseling title, mm -hmm. you know, feel free to call us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to step back and just do more clinical supervising, so training the therapist so they can help their clients. And then, like I said, get back out in the community mm -hmm. and help people, you know, in the community, kind of just informing them. Sometimes you just need you know, that encouragement. Right. And maybe you don't need a, you know, a whole hour session, but it'd be great to, you know, attend a workshop right. or, you know, hear someone speak about self-esteem and mm -hmm. get going that way. Yeah. You know, my mom always says, uh, sometimes people just need a kind word yes. to help them get in that right mental space. Mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. that's super important. Right. So basically what you're saying is, you know, you intend to, to keep the office that you have, yes. uh, kind of maximize on having more uh, more, more therapists in the office and then kind of, you know, do more of the motivational, right. uh, go, into the, go the motivational route. Yes, and maybe another book or two. Okay, there we go. Well, I look forward to the books coming out and definitely keep me posted. Thank How you. can people find you? What's the, uh, so it's Benjamin Counseling, uh, Counseling Center. Center, and mm -hmm. that's in Woodbridge. Yep. Um, it's in Tackett's Mill Shopping, uh, Shopping Center. Center. Mm -hmm. uh, how else can they reach you? What's a good telephone number for the business and mm -hmm. uh, your public social media? Sure. Um, you can call the office anytime, 703-494-1434. But um, you can also contact us online through our website, which is www.benjamincounseling.com. Okay. And they can reach us there. Um, and then through social social media, we have um, I have a personal Facebook page, Anetta S. Benjamin LPC. So that's kind of like my professional page. And then we have a Benjamin Counseling Center page too, where 
anyone has inquir inquiries, they can just reach out and message us there too. Okay. And the Instagram as well. Okay, great, mm -hmm. great. So before we wrap up, yes. uh, is there anything that I have not asked you about your business that you think it's important for somebody maybe just starting a mm -hmm. business, uh, particularly in, in your industry? Right. Um, anything that we, we might have missed that you want to um, mention? I think... You know, not necessarily in my industry, but any, but, you know, you have a mentor, but your own self-growth is important. Mm -hmm. So you want to constantly be getting educated, but, you know, reading. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that has helped me, too, to develop a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. So, you know, make sure you're reading books to kind of for self-care mm -hmm. and to grow your mindset, because I believe, you know, how you set your mind and what choices you make are going to determine your results that you get. Okay. So okay. there's a ton of books out there that I know has helped me with like growing my business and just staying focused on right. business concepts. Okay. And I know there's one question I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. um, it was along the lines of work-life balance. Yes. That's super important as well. I know um, you talked about being burnt out about two yes. years ago. And I've noticed the change on your social media where like you have allocated times where you are not working like this is my zumba time mm -hmm. this is my gym time yes. and all hell must be breaking loose for you to miss <laughs> these classes yes. so how has that when you did decide hey this is enough i need to work on my work life balance right. yes when was was it two years ago um i think when i had my son okay. you know he'll be 11 next month and i recognized that i couldn't keep things going like i used to before where you know before i could be more self-motivated and just run outside or go exercise on my own. And now I'm like, you know, I need other people to motivate me. Right. And I do well when I'm in a group setting. So that's why I love the Zumba classes okay. and, you know, the other workout classes because I get motivated and I have someone guiding me. But I recognize I had to plan that. So, you know, my schedule is booked. So I get in my gym time first mm -hmm. and then I deal with my clients afterwards right. and then so it's like I always get something for me in the day and I enjoy it so we okay. have fun and I make sure that I get my my me time in. right of course of course <laughs> so so another you know we're just hitting nuggets today yes. uh, nuggets after nuggets but I think a lot of folks underestimate the power of gym and working out because for me um, I used to be a night owl Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, I felt that had a lot to do with my hair falling out. Mm -hmm. I gained a bunch of weight. Yes. I was unhappy. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started working out in the morning. And even though I'm not looking the way that I want to be, I feel like, um, not I feel, I know I'm more mentally nimble. Clari clarity. Right? Mm -hmm. the, cl the clarity is there. I'm more mentally nimble as far as when, when problems pop up during the day, you mm -hmm. can respond to them a lot yes. faster. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then apart from that, um, scientifically, when you work out, you have all these endorphins floating around and you're like, you can't tell me anything when Thank I come you. out of the gym. Yes. I am whistling, yes. singing, bring on the day. <laughs> right, what do you want? Bring yeah. it, yeah. yeah. So just generally speaking, the gym is great for the yes. physical aspect, but for the mental Clearly. benefits, I mm -hmm. think it's 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 so beneficial. And especially yes. when you're starting a business, it's mm -hmm. so hard. Yes. It can be so stressful. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great, great stress relief and right. it's a fantastic way to start yes. the day. And you know, yeah. sometimes you do sacrifice up front and you know, there's never like any balance. Anytime you're pursuing a goal, like you're going to be uh, overwhelmed at times. Right. But, you know, once you get it steady, you get back on your, your balance and you can start creating the life that you want. So it's kind of like sometimes you do have to sacrifice, you know, maybe a couple hours sleeping or, you know, hanging out with friends. But then once you get it steady, you get back on and replenish yourself. But like the gym is my go-to and that's how, that's my mental therapy. Right. 
So I know when I hit the gym, it's like everything else is out the window. Exactly. Because, you know, you hear a lot of things when you're in counseling. Everybody's like, oh, you know, how do you deal with all these problems? I'm like, when I hit the gym, it's gone. Right. You know, the teacher said punch, and I'm punching. <laughs> no, don't talk. Let's not talk about the gym too much because we don't want anybody canceling their sessions. That's right. Thinking that you're gonna be, they're gonna have all the issues solved, and yes. they're gonna have everything taken care of just by going to the gym. It yes. is an aid. Yes. Shout out to Gold Gym Lorton. <laughs> so, before we end the show, uh, we always have a mystery question. Okay. All right? So today's mystery question is: You have a million dollars. You cannot spend it on anything that you need, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. You can't invest it. It can't be anything that you need. What are you buying? What are you running out tomorrow to buy or to do? I am creating dollars. Uh, maybe a six full indoor basketball court. All right. Yes, a run and shoot, 24 hours. 20 I would probably start a business and just... A recreation center where you can just get it all done, you know, maybe it would have therapy, maybe mm -hmm. it has a pool, you know, music classes. Little basketball therapy is what you're saying? Yes, <laughs> you know, a gym where you could just work out all day and just have fun. It's family centered and you can bring anyone you want. So I will have an indoor so gym. It sounds like an Annetta Benjamin rec center <laughs> yes! or family center is on the, the way. way I, okay. I like love. that. Yes. I like that. So we have to follow up in a year. Okay. We'll do another interview, see where you're at, awesome. uh, to see what you've gotten into, to mm -hmm. check on the business. Great. Um, and go from there. That but thank you great. so much for being on the show. And thank it you, was, It was great talking to you. And I always learn something new whenever we speak. Good, good. <laughs> Anyways, good. thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the next podcast episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to subscribe and share. Don't be selfish. <laughs>